okay because it looks like over here it does a little bit but i i don't know i don't know why it's doing that is that a new camera it, it was my mom's i was like hey can i borrow this and she's you know like, what was yeah. so funny is i was actually talking with Lindsay the other day and i was like i wonder how much a webcam is like a usb webcam i'm like i could just buy one and ship it to mikey probably for like no yeah we, i mean we got like 20 of them because of um the studio they were doing uh they had a bunch of they were dancing over the zoom video so like that's how they would teach <laughs> gotta make that mom's innovative man. idea to stay open and make money yeah gotta make that bread your mom's a hustler though like your mom's <laughs> fucking if if there's a dollar to be made your mom's all over it <laughs> so she, she's a she's wise man she's she's got a lot of a street street knowledge it's so true uh how's she doing man i miss the old the old lucille dog she's just uh she's a nut now i mean she's just so pumped that she's gonna be a i can't call her grandma it's me mimi she wants to be a mimi what is that okay. that's a grandma that up? is that like a chicago thing <laughs> is that like a chicago polish thing or something when she was hanging out with the uh, mobsters in the old Chicago, that's yeah. that's what they would call their their grandmas. They call Mimi. So yeah, she picked up on that. What a you know. It's also funny is right before it's right after your grandmother passed away. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I love how we laugh about that. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't, it, it's funny because like. Man, if anybody just knew kind of like your your backstory and then um, just like how long we've been friends, you know, too, as well. And I know your family a lot better than most people do as well. So it's like, I know, you know, like the ins and outs and like the secrets and like, you know, of the family as well. And like, right. I know how it was with the family between the grandmas. So it's like, yeah, you kind of talk shit. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was a crazy lady for sure so bro, she was rough man um I, she was the only old person i've ever been scared of i mean she wasn't scared of. she was just like kind of like i don't know if it was just the dementia taking over even though she was never diagnosed with dementia i just she, but he's like that old person nasty you know what i mean like to the would, i mean we can say what it is she was a real bitch like she just was yeah but she she gave a lot of good stories. She's funny, um, dude. Fuck weekend this weekend. I got I got to be honest. I've been I did a lot of drinking this weekend and I did not want to. It was not my intent, and it was like kind of back to back. I'm like barely hanging on right now tonight. Getting over my day drunk today because I like I met a a guy in town and uh like a new friend and so we went and got like drinks and last night i got more drunk than i wanted to because my cousin was in town and then like you know she was visiting so we ended up having some drinks and then got just a little too drunk than i wanted to and then i had to get up early and go meet this guy and it was like oh, i wanted to stay committed to like my plans and like the first day i meet the dude i like bail <laughs> i'm like yeah. i just not feeling it so i had to go out for her sympathy drink and then did just wanted to sleep and then you know when you get that like midday drunk and then you sleep and you wake up at like seven you're just groggy as shit 
that's that's how I feel right now. I'm like, I feel like I got an anchor to me. Um, how was your weekend? Probably the exact opposite. Now that you're a dad, <laughs> I mean, to be totally fair, like it's not like that would be any different if I was not a dad. Like my weekends, <laughs> it's funny because you know, and this is gonna make me sound so like such a loser, but like COVID is like the the COVID life where it's like, oh, I need to go out and all this stuff. I'm like. Guys, we're living the dream here. <laughs> we don't have to you're leave. You're a recluse, bro. You're a recluse, though. <laughs> you like you could have if you just had a connector, like hallway from your office to your bedroom. That's like it. That'd be perfect life for you. And that's why I was like, that's why in my best man speech, I was like, why Morgan literally is perfect for you because if it weren't for her, you would never get out of the house. You would literally but never leave. I have to be the most social. Uh, what is it? Uh, introvert of all time. Like I can leave and be social, but it's like, hey, you know this ha- this house is pretty nice. These walls, so such you great wall. Go out, you want to go out, but like through FaceTime. <laughs> if someone could just bring their phone out and you just FaceTime, be out at the club, FaceTime, <laughs> hey dancing. Well, the funny the funny thing is though, it's like going out. Like I enjoy. Like for instance, like this is a long time ago now. I think this was like right after college. You came home. We went to sack like back to back nights. Those nights were like always really fun. And I looked forward to them. It's that those nights are not always what happens when you go out. Most nights are just like, eh, that was all right. Like, eh, I spent a hundred bucks and like kind of wish I didn't. And then like, but those nights where we were just stacking like shooters and whiskey cokes and like, those are fun nights. I'm like, I wouldn't regret that at all. Yeah, but, but you've always been like you're always pretty structured with your life. Think about like you go think back like you've always kind of like had this plan and you've executed it to a T. Like if there was like a coach looking down on you who like drew up your life game plan and you executed it and you're like this is it, I'm going to execute it, you execute it, coach would be so proud. He'd be going nuts right now. To an extent though, cuz I mean like I don't believe in like you know this, I don't believe in like like we talked about before, I don't like, believe in like you wanted, you wanted a mortgage at like 18. You're like I just I feel like it's that time. I just need one. <laughs> you're like, it, this is all I think I really need in life. I'm like, you're 18, buddy. Relax. You're like, I don't know. I, I, just I don't, think, I don't I, I just think I was... the rates right now are great. <laughs> I'm like, why are you getting into this? <laughs> I don't know if I was mature enough at 18 to even be like, oh, I need a mortgage. I was more probably thinking like, where am I going to get 50 bucks to buy another video game? But do you remember? I mean... uh, do you remember we were like dead set in high school? I think it was sophomore year. And we were like walking down to like the local drugstore, right? I think it was still Long's Drugs at the time. And um, we were like dead set on just stealing something. We're like, we were just so hungry after school. And we were just absolutely dead set. We're all fuck this. Like, I'm so hungry. Like, I'm just going to steal something. And I'm like, we we're just dead set. As soon as we turned the corner, we saw a $20 bill just sitting on the ground. I do remember that. And dude, I was like, all right, this is incredible destiny and then we ended up fucking splurging so crime pays guys that's i do, rem- I, I do remember that's crazy <laughs> i actually 100 remember that like, it and like it like that would probably been like the first and only crime i ever committed but i remember like we were dead set because we we're like dude we we're starving like yeah i don't th- i think i just said like didn't have a lunch that day and obviously probably as all high school kids never ate breakfast right so, I remember when, like, I was at Jessup and they were, like, doing the financial aid thing or whatever. And they're, like, I didn't get approved for any financial aid. And the lady's, like, oh, my gosh, like, are, like, are you guys going to be okay? And I'm, like, 
Oh yeah, it, that's write-offs. That's just called, it's just called write-offs. <laughs> We're all good. Like, like I, I didn't expect that they caught me off guard. Cause like I've never had anybody ask me, which just sounds terrible. Like I've never had anybody ask me about like, oh, is your family going to be able to make it? Cause like my mom always has done pretty well. So it's just you know, just a funny story where that lady like looked at me with the most sincere eyes, like, oh my gosh, like your education's on the line here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I did not ever have that. I got my first semester paid for because my mom and dad were so proud that I got residency and I didn't have to pay 30000 a year. And they were just like, they're so happy. So they paid my first semester and then I took out loans. So, yay. Call it every, most college uh, students' uh, dreams, taking out student loans. Not that bad, though. I mean, a lot of people are, like there's a lot of people who are talking about like, Oh, I got a quarter of a million. I'm like, how I'm like, what are you doing to get a quarter of a million in student loans? Like that to me doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, like, like even if you go out of state to a private, I mean, the only way I could think of it is if you go to a private school out of state and well, that would be like 65,000 a year. Well, like USF, like University of San Francisco is 52 and Chase went there for four. So that'd be about, that's 208 quick maths. And uh, so I don't, I don't know what he had to pay. I mean, not speak about something. I don't know any of his financial deals, but like there's. So, but that would be private, but that's like private schools. Think about most schools, most schools you're not even getting, like the most expensive, like if you were to go to like, uh, say University of Georgia or even University of Texas, your out of state's not going to be even your out of state's probably going to be maybe that high. Probably looking at like 30, 40. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, do people take money, more money out for like living? Like, I don't know how that all works. I mean, remember, I went to school like two seconds away from home. I guess. I guess I was, always, up. I was just always like, I never wanted I student like loans. Like, so many options, better options though. Yeah, that's true. But like, it's funny that you say like, I was like, I'm complaining about. at 18, you're like, Ooh, you wanted to, at 18, like you wanted to have a mortgage. Like, but at 18, I was always like, I don't want student loans, but I didn't know if that was feasible, but like I took not yeah, going yeah. away to not but have here, student. Here's loans. what I would say to most people. I would say you could still go to the same, the great university that you want to go to. Now, if you're trying to go to like an Ivy league school, odds are you have to go to probably a private boarding school you know, college prep boarding schools type of thing like that but if you're trying to get into like a top 50 university honestly you could transfer in there from a junior college i would tell a lot of people to probably go junior college for the first couple of years because it saves you two years you can still transfer in and get a college experience um i would say if you transfer in just immediately particularly if you go to a big school do greek life if you're like looking to have like the actual college experience you're going to a big enough school, you probably won't even need to do Greek life. You'll, you'll still be able to get a great experience, but that saves you money. And then definitely move. And if you're trying to go out of state, move, get residency there. I mean, I don't, I just feel like there's so many options to keep where you can actually get your college affordable and people just don't or refuse to see it. Yeah. I mean, we went, we went to Sierra and we had a fine time, but there wasn't, the worst we got lucky though, Sierra. We got also lucky though that Sierra happened to be one of the better community colleges in the nation, and that happened to be in our backyard. 
we were a small enough town that we could give it enough funding. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I mean, we didn't love it, but we didn't hate it. We had some good memories. I mean, yeah, it was all right. It was, it definitely, it didn't feel like an extension of high school, but in ways it did. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It definitely felt like an extension of high school. <laughs> like, but the it, classes even felt like high school, to be honest. What? The classes even felt like high school. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, you know, way different than what, like, when I went to USF, because, you know, I would say in those classes, your biggest class we probably would have at community college would be, like, 40, 50 people. And then I could have like 400 at USF. Um, I had a person, I had an eight person class at Jessup. Well, your school is different because you went to a private, which is just so ironic. Like it's nothing better than the fact that you went to a super religious college because you got, you couldn't sell this man, Jesus. If Jesus was standing there selling himself to him, he'd be like, I don't believe in you, man. Uh, so you going to a very religious college is just, I don't even know how that happened. Um, the debates were great. Did you, yeah, well, cause everything you can't, the reason I feel like it's so easy to debate them. Like you don't even have to be incredibly smart just because they, everything kind of has to always for them tie back to the same thing. So real, like whatever they're teaching, right. Isn't that like their whole thing at these, uh, Christian colleges, like somehow like, like God involved in all this stuff. I mean, I yeah. got into it. Yeah, everything's everything's different. I mean, th how they do it or how they teach it or what they say. I mean, it's it's all different. It's not. It's all tied back to like God's word or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to talk like it's from expert. It's not like I was sitting in there soaking this all in. Like, oh, this is my life's like work. I mean, it's just I would sit there, listen, get a try to get a good grade on you know the old the Old Testament test. You know, how to take that or the New Testament. So they, what's their words? What are their thoughts on the Old Testament? Oh, it's, that, that, that's not real. Like, that's not the real, that's not the real Jesus or whatever. Like, the New Testament God or Jesus, whatever it is, is like the one they like believe in. Like, the one who's kind and loving. Because the Old Testament God is like a wrathful God. Like, he'll, yeah, yeah. he'll fuck you up. Yeah, like... He like he's like you said what he's like <laughs> taping his wrists and his knuckles <laughs> he's ready to go he's cracking his neck <laughs> pulls the brass knuckles out of the waistband yeah. like yeah roll rolling his shoulders he's getting loose yeah. and he's uh let's go motherfucker you said what? you know like i i mean it's just it was an interesting experience just because you start to learn that it's like and why I can't cross the line to like ever believing is because they believe what they want to believe. And then they, they fill in the gaps with the things they don't like. And they'll like twist it to be like, no, it's not like what it seems. But then when you see things that are what they seem, they then turn those things to like be not what they seem. It's just, it's just too much. It's just, I don't, I don't get it. So I just let them believe. I was very respectful, obviously. I made good friends there. Like, and it's fine. I just wasn't. You made friends with people who also didn't believe in God. So it wasn't like, you're like, and I made friends. It wasn't like you, you know, made friends with people on the other side of the aisle. Don't, well, don't, don't pat yourself on the back like you're doing the Lord's work. There was a couple. Like, there was a couple that were, like, full-blown, like, believers. But, no, for the most part, you're right. Like, I hung out with a group of people that they may have believed in God, but they didn't believe in, like, 
everything or like the full stratosphere of what like was being taught there. I mean, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I was hanging out with like, you know, the leader of the, like the, what they called discipleship or whatever. I don't know enough about religion to know. They just, me I, either. I, my parents were, cause both my parents grew up very religious households. Well, I don't want to say it was very religious, but they went to like, Church, you know, like everybody back then in the 70s and 80s, went to church every Sunday. They grew up, went to all these Catholic schools, stuff like that. Um, my dad grew up in an East Coast German and Irish Catholic family. And my mom grew up in a Spanish Catholic Southern California family. So they were kind of like burnt out by the time we came around. So I really did not have a whole, like a big introduction to God. I know the basics. You know, I basically I know the elementary level of of God and religion. That's about it. Yeah, I, I I that's why I always try not to really talk about it, just because it's like I don't really know if I know because I you do I mean, because you went to a religious college, like you literally had to take like credits and stuff like that. Like you had to do you had to do some Bible studying. Yeah, but it's like you're also it's an interesting that's thing because already ten times more than the average person knows about religion. Yeah, I mean, I technically am like one class away from having a minor in ministry. So, okay. so exactly. So, what the fuck? So, you know, way more than most people. Know but I like how you're saying you know, Christianity. How you're saying, like, you know, the basics. Like, that's still what I know because it's not like I like dove deep into these classes. Like, I it, it, it test or test. Like, it's like multiple choice, and it's like choose the right answer. It's not like I remember it all or done enough to like really learn the word. Yeah. What? Did you like when you were taking these tests and you were down to like another two? You're like, which which one's holier? <laughs> Was that ever a thought? There. Sometimes I I, I mean like, they're you know, all. When you're taking a driver's test, you're like, which one's the safer answer? Safer yeah, answer. like I I think they were all such holy answers because they're all like. This answer that was part of this, that's the wrong answer for this question was probably the right answer for like two questions down. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's surface level. Cause like I've told you before, like some of the reason this stuff is so crazy to me is like when I had a teacher be like, oh, if you tithe in church, it will times by 10 into your bank account. And I'm like, okay, so if I go give a thousand dollars to the church on Sunday, my bank account's going to have $10,000. I was like, well, sweet investment. Like, here I come, church. Like, but, that, but that's not, that's, that's real. Like, that wasn't like her, like, misspeaking or something. Like, that's, that's what she, that's what she believes. And like, how she would designate sometimes when she was super busy, she would look to God to like pick how she would schedule her day. I, I just saying, like, there's just certain things like that that I would start to hear. And I'm like, all right, this is like getting a little too much for me. That's all. I mean, it's not like I look at people who are religious like you're crazy or like I can't believe you. It's just well, I would definitely say that person's crazy because I don't think you could ever say with a straight face and honestly believe, unless you're crazy, that if you gave a thousand dollars to the church, that you're gonna have a ten thousand in your bank account. That's crazy. Yeah, but like that's now I think I'm... a lot of religious people are not like that. I think most religious people are actually not like that, but that's crazy. And she just happens to be religious. Well, the best <laughs> best thing about religious people, though, is like religious people hate m m the, their biggest enemy is other religious people. It's not like atheists or whatever. It's it's Christians who think you take the literal word of the Bible, and then those who think it can be interpreted like how they want to interpret it, they hate each other. 
Yeah. And and it just is what it is. Christian theism believers who are like by the Bible, by the word, don't like other Christians. And at least from what I've experienced, I mean, I can't, I guess I can't say in in totality, but from what I've experienced. You went to a Christian college, so you've experienced it, I would say, on a big level. Well, I went to a Christian college that is Christian theism, like by the book. They believe the word is literal. It's not interpreted. It's literal. So whatever that from what they took it and like how it's supposed to be, like there's no interpretation. So again, are they not my your, if they if they hear this podcast, are they gonna strip your degree? They're all you know what? We're gonna knock you down. Now you need fifty credits to be a minister <laughs> to get your minor in mystery. <laughs> you sir just got demerits. How funny would it be if I actually like did get my minor in it? Like I would like <laughs> put it on my LinkedIn, like minor in ministry. <laughs> like like you and then just have a really nice like stepbrothers picture just cheesy smile i would be uh just be like now here's how god's not real i would i would be mark Wahlberg from the other guys i got my i got my minor in ministry just to prove that it's not real (laughs) (laughs) yeah just (laughs) what does will ferrell say he goes oh what was he was like uh Oh, yeah, you learned to dance sarcastically. <laughs> it's so, like, that would be it. I, you got your minor in ministry sarcastically? Wow. By the way, my, my sister, my older sister, who's religious, good chance she listens to this. Uh, older sister and love of my don't life? Have a lot, don't have a lot in my defense, but, you know, it is what it is. I still love you. And uh, wait, which sister is this? Tara? No, Tara's not super religious. Uh, I was just, I was just, I was just wondering because you know I, yeah, I'll do anything love, for Tara. No, you you one hundred percent knew it was Priscilla. You just wanted to bring up my sister Tara. So, hey Tara. Um, yeah, Tara <laughs> won't be listening to this. By the way. So, <laughs> just to just to show which one supports me the most. Uh, will not be Tara listening to this podcast. Um, so, man, big moves going on in the NBA. You've been seeing? Nets are, the, Nets, are, Nets are winning the NBA Finals. If Anthony Davis is not healthy, I can't see another team beating them. If he's healthy, I still think the Lakers will win. But if he's well, not healthy... Just remember... Hey, we got playoff Paul coming to town. <laughs> playoff Paul, he's coming. He's coming in hot this year. I'm telling you, dude. He's not. He. I believe it. I believe him this year. This year, he's not taking any shit. He's taking names, and he's gonna be crossing off some names this year. And I'm telling you, he's gonna bring it this year. He's gonna average like 26 in the playoffs. Bet. What was the name that they gave him though that we were dying about? It wasn't play. It wasn't playoff P. What was his actual name that they were joking with him? I can't remember what it is. If I you can't remember. remember, either Hold it was messed up, but it was it was comedy. Like it was a great name. I can't no, think of it. Right. They were calling. <clears throat> they they were saying. <laughs> Barkley goes. They don't call me Champion Chuck. <laughs> Championship Chuck. <laughs> it's it's true. So I mean, you got to win in the playoffs before you can call yourself Playoff Paul because they don't call me. He's like, I never won a finals. You don't see people call me Championship Chuck. 
the thing is what makes that show really great on TNT is they're great analysts though too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're Shaq I think, is a little carried away. That that's Shaq though, and I think it's on purpose. So like that's how he stands out because Charles is like the main guy. Kenny's more of like the X's and O's. He, obviously, EJ's the leader, and then Shaq has to do something to stand out. Well, he's the Hall of Famer, and like he's the Hall of Famer, big champ, like one of the greats of all time. I know Chuck is considered a great, but we all know Shaq is probably you could argue top twenty. Oh, I think Shaq's there's probably. a clear difference between Burt Barkley and Shaq. Well, I, I've read multiple times that like people would think that if Chuck won, he would be the best power forward ever. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying how he how it's perceived. Yeah, I mean, and it's uh, the whole championship deal and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, Shaq gets carried away because he'll just he he thinks. Okay, so get, to get sidetracked just a little bit before I tie back. Um, oh, that hurt. Um, to tie it back together a little bit is like, this is like my theory of why I think role players make the best coaches because star players like Shaq, I don't think sometimes can really see the game in a different light. Like they think people, everybody should just be able to do what they do, but they don't really realize that like that's what makes them so special is they can do things that nobody else can do. And they kind of forget that. And I think that's why like Shaq will sometimes you'll see me like, no, you just got to do this or that. It's like, dude, they can't do that though. Like You're asking way too much of some of these role players. They can't, they don't have that ability. Like Paul George or not Paul George, but like, uh, I guess a good example would be like Chris Middleton. I know he'd be like, Chris Middleton, or he loves to say this about uh, Donovan Mitchell is a great, uh, even a better example that he says this about actually all the time. But like, he just has to do this. Like, Donovan Mitchell is not that good to do that, though. Like, he's just not. He, he can't. He can't do that. Shaq is Shaq is funny because he acts like he was the like he wasn't a great teammate, even though he wants to act like no. he was one of the greatest teammates. Yeah. And then you have. He wouldn't. Just, he just wouldn't be a good coach. I think Charles Barkley could have actually been a really good coach, but I think it would have been. Yeah, he would be like a good exception to the rule. He would yeah. have been to be a good coach for like three years. Like he would have to take a team that's like ready, and they would win. And then after three years, they'd be like, "All right, we're like over Chuck. <laughs> we're tired of him telling we're terrible all the time." <laughs> like it would be like he would. He would have no patience. He'd be like, "Don't be stupid." You know, he's very cut and dry. So it would be interesting. But I think Kenny. Like I'm pretty sure Kenny's has wanted to get into like a front office. I know Chuck originally wanted to be a GM, but never really got the option. They're they're just a great they're great together, and I mean it's tied it's in. It's so hard for Chuck to be one because he moved to a lot of organizations, so yeah. it's a little harder for him. Like he didn't have that. Like Dwayne Wade can get a front office job pretty easily with Miami because he spent ninety percent of his career in Miami, ninety five percent of his career there. So it's easy. Where Chuck didn't really have that. Like Philadelphia would be his best bet. And I think he only spent four, like maybe four years there, five years. Yeah. And it, I mean, you could probably argue that his best years were with the Suns. So, oh, 100%. MVP he won an MVP. Yeah. And, and uh, great finals against Jordan. Like he did well. Their team wasn't very good. It's like you look back on it, like you really look back on it. And his best player was Kevin Johnson. Shout out Sacramento. Um, but, he was her best, second best player. And like, he was good, but I mean, 
they weren't going to beat Jordan. Yeah, it's it's funny to think back of like basketball back then too, because it's like I don't. I mean, you said Kevin Johnson, but like I wouldn't have known. Like I'm, I know a lot about like the '90s and '80s basketball, but like when I think of those teams, I don't think of anybody else but Charles on them. I don't know if that's just me being naive. Yeah, Dan but. Marley too, who's a good player. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He talked about. He was just on Simmons podcast and was talking about uh, leaving Philly, and it was because they traded the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> they traded the number one pick away for like nothing, and he, that's when he was like, "I'm out of here." Traded <laughs> 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 the number one pick for nothing. Like they could have got the number one pick in the draft to put with him, and he was like, "We would have been great." And you know, Did you see so. what Greg Popovich said about Ben Simmons. You defended Ben Simmons. He goes, "Who gives a shit if you can't shoot when you're as talented as he is and such a superstar?" I was like, "What party are you?" I'm like, bet, I'm like, it's dude, this isn't, I'm like, this isn't 2000. Like this isn't 2000 where you can get away with that and be just a great slasher and probably get away with a mid, uh, like a decent mid range. Well, I think it's also, and it, like, I think it's like, it's unfortunate that a coach that's that revered would say something like that because it's like, it's clearly holding him back. Yeah. He can never be. 100%. He can never be the best player on a team without the ability to shoot because we've seen it time. He is nowhere in the stratosphere as, Gian, as Giannis, and we've seen how much Giannis himself has struggled in the playoffs without being able to shoot. And now you're like saying he doesn't need to shoot when he's that talented. Well, okay, so LeBron should have never had to go to practice or work because when he came in at 18, he was that talented. Like he's already good, so whatever. It's like no, like the fact that Ben Simmons. I I I think I told you this. There was a scout that said don't believe the Instagram videos of Ben Simmons. Like he doesn't work on a shot at all. And I don't know if you can even say that's slander. Like that has to be true. The dude can't shoot. He's like year five and he can't like, look at Brandon Ingram. They're the same. It's not, even, it's not even that he can't shoot. It's like, you don't even know because he doesn't even attempt. Like he doesn't even attempt to shoot. Cause he knows it will look sh like shit because he doesn't practice it at all. But that's where I'm like, that's where, you know, it's like, what, here's the one thing I would say, like, you know, we, you can kind of make this defense of Giannis because at least Giannis is going to like, he's shooting seven threes a fucking game. Like he's he trying, works on it too. working on it. Like you, so that there's proof that he's working on it because he, he's like, if you're not working on it, you're, you're going to, and you're like, all right, well, he's just not a good shooter. Okay. Clearly he's just working on it. Yada, yada. But like Ben Simmons, you can't even defend it because it's like, how how can you say it's not affecting him when he can't even literally in the game can't even bring himself to attempt a three, and you're trying to say it's not limiting his game? Makes no sense. There's zero logic just, in that. I just don't. I don't like. I just don't like a coach with that much like stature would say something like that because it's like if he was though the last like five five years has really gotten into this like ophj thing lately where he's just like been blowing everybody lately like anybody gets in the news who kind of gets a little bit of flack he just like feels like he has to go out with the shield and defend them like everything yeah. i just if he was on his team you, you you're telling me that they wouldn't be working on a shot or making him like it's the spurs right. it's just it's a weird thing for him to say and i just look at like players that were drafted either either in the draft right before him which i believe is the Carl Anthony Towns draft and then the people in his draft and then the draft after, which is like Tatum, Fultz, Lonzo, like that. And look how much better, like even Lonzo, like he was pissing me off at the early part of the season, but 
they've all gotten so much better. Even Lonzo was shooting. He's like 37% from three. He's made like the fifth most threes in the league this year. And it's like Simmons was supposed to be this thing, and they're saying he's talented, but it's like he has a clear flaw that he's not even working on. So how can you get behind this guy? It's just I, I understand the talent. Like I understand he's talented. Yeah. I see what you're seeing. Like when he's playing basketball, he's dribbling up the court, he's driving to the hoop. I see what you're seeing. I understand it. I understand the talent that you were seeing there, but you are failing to recognize the fact that this man is missing a giant portion of his game and he's like acting like it's not even a portion of his game there. Like the, that it's something that even needs to be thought about. And that's an issue. It's just weird because you also see it's why he's not consistent every Yeah, and he's not consistent every night because it's I'm here and I'm have a great game because the how the defense played me and then the next night it's like someone's smart enough to make him shoot like 15 footers and it's like well he's not gonna make 15 footers. And it's weird as the for the Sixers organization, like why did they not trade him for James Harden? Like what where even if him and Embiid work out and they have a good run, like obviously now Brooklyn's probably the favorite. It's like, do you really believe that that's better than James Harden and Embiid? Like, how do right. you, where do you, where do you come with that? I just don't, I, it's weird. It's weird what they're trying to get with him. Cause if it doesn't work this year, are they trying to trade him next year? Who are they getting better than James Harden for Ben Simmons? It's weird that they didn't pull the trigger yeah. because I heard that the Sixers thought they were getting him for Ben Simmons, but they, didn't want to throw in something else. And it's just like, what are your goals? <laughs> like James Harden and Embiid's probably winning the East. And it's now they have to fight a team that has James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving on top of the and fact now they're going to have Ben Simmons who can't shoot. And Blake Griffin on the other team too. Who I think is going to be a lot better than people think. <laughs> people, were, people were making memes about it where like all of a sudden they're all um, – it was like, Blake Griffin's Achilles as soon as he gets in the Brooklyn locker room and it just sees like a Spartan rising. Yeah. <laughs> just I, getting stronger. <laughs> it's all his Achilles. <laughs> Blake's a good dude and I'm sure he works hard and stuff, but like. Injury I mean, prone. He's just injury prone. Yeah, injury prone, but it's like you don't. He's 31. I know he's lost athleticism, but it's like you don't become a all star, all team NBA player. And then just become garbage. Like he, he, like there was games he literally looked like he couldn't even play basketball anymore. And it's like, is that motivation? Well, he looked like he couldn't play basketball anymore because his knee was. I know when he was in Detroit. I don't think he's been healthy for like four years now. I, I'm not trying to sit here and defend Blake Griffin. Like I think he's going to come out and be averaging 18, but I think he's more than capable to get you 14 to 16 points a game. I'm not going to be surprised if there's plenty of games he comes off the bench and he looks like 70% of like Blake Griffin, like, because not 70, like he's 70% health, just 70% of what he was. Cause I know yeah, like the yeah. injuries have, but I'm not going to be surprised if there's so many games where he scores over 20 for one day. Attention's no, not going to be on him. Yeah. There's there, there, the attention's not going to be on him. And I just, I think the whole thing in Detroit like Joe was Harris. like, I think, I think Blake Griffin's better than Joe Harris right now. I, I do too. People are people probably Bill don't Harris think Harris is probably yeah. averaging like 20 right now. When we start to see Blake on the nets, people are going to start being, he's going to get flack because they're going to be like, wow, well clearly he wasn't trying in Detroit. Cause I, I guarantee it. Why would he, why is he going to risk getting hurt for a team that sucked? They signed like five centers in free agency when that's like the dying position in the league. Like, wait, like they were like, they were like the Thanos of rebounds. They were trying to get every rebound. Yeah. Here it is. But, but they also <laughs> traded centers out there playing a two three. <laughs> it's like, 
This is Monstars. Detroit Monstars. Five centers starting. <laughs> it's like Mason Plumlee at point guard. Yeah, it's, it's. But what's 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 really funny about that is it's Ray like Hunter's just off in the box, just shaking his head. Like finally, I've done it. <laughs> My dream come true. And look at this. Five centers starting. It calls me crazy. Shaq would probably be like best lineup in the league. Get in the, big, get in the paint, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> but like Andre Drummond, like what's really funny is they did this after trading Andre Drummond. And it's like, yeah. so you're going away from like the center who can't really do anything but rebound and play defense. And then you sign Mason Plumley for what I think it was like 30 million. And it's like, so I think Blake, I think, I mean, as an NBA player and someone who doesn't have a ton of time left and has had injuries, can you really blame him if he was mailing it in? Which I totally think he was. There's just no way you no, go. No, I I don't blame him. I don't. And he was probably also trying to really heal on himself because he he knew a trade was coming. That's what it, he was probably trying to get his agent to wheel and deal this whole time. And it just leaks when it was like finally in the works. But like these agents, like when players are demanding trades, these agents are talking to the front office months before it's leaked. Like they're talking to these guys before it's leaked that he's demanded a trade. Like they're talking. They're they're talking to them, trying to get their position where their guys on the team, especially if it's on a contract year. Of course, they're in there, probably in there daily. Um, and so I, th- I think Blake's probably just trying to stay healthy, which doesn't bother me. Um, and why exactly? Why would he like the like? What's he get? What's he benefiting being in Detroit? You know. I mean, it sucked that he got traded there in the first place. I mean, I guess it was a good trade by the Clippers if you look at it now, but and bad trade for the Pistons. But it sucked that it happened after they like made him sign. Like they didn't make him. He chose to sign five. I think years. Blake Griffin knew immediately when he was going to Detroit that it was going to be a while till he was back, like national spotlight again. And I don't mean that like him as an ego standpoint. I just mean like he went there and he goes, "Fuck, we're probably never making the playoffs." I didn't think they made it one year and they made it like eighth seed or something. Yeah, I think that was. Remember, he played like on one leg and it was like inspirational, but like he was a, he was half of what he was. And, um, you know, I think he just knew he was like, all right, well, fuck. And now he's obviously clearly changing his game a little bit. And I mean, now you look at it too, and you look at the whole landscape of like the league where like he's on the nets now, which is crazy to think that he's going to be coming off the bench for them. Yeah. But, like, now the other thing that's going to fall is Andre Drummond because if the Cavs can't trade him, he's going to have to sign somewhere. And if he also goes to the Nets, like, that's just going to be weird. But I think that's what's going to happen because, I mean, it's, like, basically would be a guaranteed ring if they stay healthy. But I'm more interested, and only now because I don't really – you're going to say I care, but, like, I don't care for the Lakers like I used to, obviously. But okay. I don't. But – I'm interested to see if he goes there because Anthony Davis doesn't like to play center. And let's just say Anthony Davis comes back and he's 100% healthy. It's an interesting team because of what they can do defensively. And then when they do go to the end of the fourth quarter and they put Anthony at the center, like they have a lot of things they can do. And I think that team, if they get Drummond and Davis is healthy, I don't think they're losing. But if they don't get Drummond and Davis is healthy, but that Drummond goes to the Nets, I mean, shit, man. <laughs> that team is unbelievable. I mean, they have everything. They have rim protection. They have unbelievable guard and wing play. They have 
different lineups they can roll out. I mean, they could, I mean, I don't think you'd ever want to play Blake at the center, especially with his defensive weaknesses, but like even playing him just to stretch the floor and have like him shooting threes. Cause he's a good three point shooter. Now, like you could do that. I don't think that's something you would really look to do, especially this time, like part of his career. But Andy's not athletic enough to like, if they do yeah. come out at him to go by really, to be honest. But if you were just going, like if he was looking good and like playing, like he's capable of playing, you yeah. could think of doing it just to stretch the floor. Cause I, I read that there was something I haven't watched very much net stuff, especially since Katie went down, but I read that something where the like, Katie was playing center or Jeff green was playing center. So if you could do that, then I don't see that why you couldn't play Blake there. If Blake was playing what he's capable but of, that playing was also center. what was kind of hurting him. Yeah. They were getting abused actually. down low. Yeah. And but their offensive rating was like historic. <laughs> yeah. But and their defensive rating was historic. Just the opposite. Um, I mean, I, it's always interesting, too, like now as we're in this era of where you see a lot of stars with each other, it's always interesting to see their first year and how they these players are learning to meld with each other really, really quickly. And I think a lot of that actually has to now do with the All-Star game or the like, All-Star weekend. I think that helps that. As people get accustomed with each other. They get, you know, they're getting really friendly with each other. So it's a little easier to dive into a team, a new team with them. So... Yeah, I, I think they'll, for the most part, they'll stick together, and I think, like, they'll be fine and probably win the East, particularly what happened with Embiid's knee, what what the MRI say. Yeah, I guess it's a bone bruise, and he's out for, like, two weeks, which is such a – if I don't think LeBron – I don't even think LeBron's top three right now for MVP because the Lakers lost so much in the last two weeks. But <clears throat> if they win a lot, obviously, with Davis out, he could reclaim that easily. But I just – What's wrong with Davis? Uh, strained Achilles, I believe it was. Ooh. Yeah, it's the KD thing. So they're everybody's like, just hold him out to like playoffs. Even, even if he's a hundred percent healthy in like two weeks, as I said, it's another two weeks. Wait another two weeks. Like yeah. you don't need him. Like you can be the sixth seed in the West. You're the best team in the West. Like you don't. It doesn't matter. Like you just need to make sure he's healthy because without him, you're not winning. So who cares what seed you are at that point? Can't win without him. It's not. It's, you're a better chance winning as the sixth, fifth, or fourth seed, whatever it's going to be, than winning if he's not there at all because you get him back. What do they do if he comes back and he snaps his Achilles? What do the Lakers do, you think? <clears throat> because then you have the next season he's guaranteed out for the whole season. And LeBron's never winning again, which will probably panic him because he signed that two-year extension. I Why mean, would you say never winning again? It would be one year. He would still have, he would still have two years. Well, left. it's not going to be LeBron at no, but, uh, No, but AD would still be there. AD by himself isn't winning. Like, like no, this is what we have. have LeBron and AD. It would just be role reversal. Instead of LeBron being the one, he would be the two. But, you okay, you're expecting AD to be AD after a torn Achilles, which we've seen time and time again, tearing an Achilles is rough as hell. And most most players don't come back the same. And then you have the fact that LeBron's going to be 38. But he's not, he's not a guard. I think it'll be easier for him to come back from Achilles. But, he, but what makes him so special is he's like a guard. Like, he can guard one through five. He can dribble. He can go by people. If his Achilles is going to rupture or whatever, like, the, the reality of the situation is the Pelicans are going to be freaking out. Like, no, they don't obviously probably wish injury, uh, injury on Anthony Davis. But if Anthony Davis goes down and LeBron keeps aging, the Pelicans are going to be looking at unprotected top three picks probably, top four because I doubt how the draft works, for the next who knows how long with all the pick swaps and everything like the Pelicans are going to like that. If that happens, the Pelicans are going to be picking in the top five of the draft minimum. You have a Warriors situation. Yeah. 
And but like that's gonna be a that's like when they everybody got all big because the Nets ended up sucking when they traded three and protected to the to the Celtics. This is even gonna be worse because I'm pretty sure it was like three first and three swaps or something crazy. It's a lot of picks. And if the Lakers are gonna be bad now, if he does get hurt. You're the Pelicans. You basically can then trade well, for. What do you think the Lakers stuff. do? Do you think you trade LeBron to try and help him? Because I could guarantee, I could see LeBron being like, "Hey, like I understand what's about to happen here. Like, can you just get me to a title contending team now?" I mean, if I was running them and Anthony Davis did go down at the end of this year, it would be something. If LeBron was still at the end of this year playing at this high level, ridiculous level he's playing at. I would 100% do that because I already know no Davis this next year. We have no shot at a ring. We have no draft picks. I would do anything I could to be like, where could we send you That's you're going to help them now from now, this year or the next year, whatever, how long you want to play. And then we'll get some type of draft compensation back because they have no draft picks. Like yeah. you almost have to do that. And if, well, you, he has a no trade clause. They're going to have to talk to him about that. But if he wanted to win towards the end of his career, that would be and something. No trade he, clause just means, and he has a, he has the ability to lift that though. Well, yeah, but I'm saying the no trade clause is that he's only, they're only trading him to where he's wants to go. Yeah. 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 And that's like, the scenario we're in already. You were right. in that scenario. Yeah. So I'm just saying, but like that was more saying like unless he didn't want to be traded, period, then the Lakers would be just fucked. I think so. he would. I think he, I think his legacy is that's where he's at right now in his career. Is his legacy means everything. So he's he's. I mean, you could in theory, if he even wanted to stay in L.A., he could in theory just be traded to the Clippers. Yeah, it's good. I, I mean, yeah. What do the Clippers get you though? Clippers probably have no picks too, huh? And like, yeah, they don't have any picks, and the Lakers would never trade into the Clippers, so they just keep them at that point. But uh, no, but that's where LeBron would want to go because his family being in LA, he probably yeah. most likely want to stay in LA. Where, but, where do you think he would go? Like, let's let's play this out. Where do you think he would go? Like, if he if this if, was real it's this year, let's play this out. So it's this year. Davis gets hurt. Davis back. is it's yeah. We're the Western Conference Finals. Davis snaps his his Achilles tendons. We get out. It's now the off season. Uh, Davis is in surgery. Like, you know, he's he just done his surgery and we're looking at our roster and LeBron comes, hey, I understand the situation. I know next year we have no chance. I still want to get some rings under my belt. I want to go to a contender. They go, all right, we'll make some calls and we'll bring you some teams with options. Where do you think he goes? Suns would be one. Okay. Not number one, just one team. I think the Suns. Like, if they could make, I, I don't I know. See, how they I, could. I see why. Because you got. Yeah, I don't know if they could make Chris Paul and him work. I don't know how. I would have to look up Chris Paul's contract. I don't. I think it has two more. Has one more after this. He so I don't think ball. He played off ball with Shea Gill, Chris pretty well last year. Oh no, I think Chris Paul can mesh with anybody. It's just I, it's money because of him and Book. I don't know how if like they would have to offload a lot of contracts to meet LeBron's forty something million dollar cap number. But that would just from a team standpoint. I could, I could see it. I mean, it's. I don't know if it's the Any best. Team in this league, anybody will make it happen. Any team. Will yeah, happen. you just have to have the contracts on your on, on. You just have to have the contracts. If you can make the contracts work, but then they're going to have to give the Lakers so many picks. And as the Suns, the worry about that is, which would be the best place for the Lakers too, is this it's is a small in three years. Yeah, the the window is incredibly small, and then for the Lakers, you're like, yeah, we want you six have to first. get a ring. Yeah, you have to get a ring for it yeah. to be a payoff. Make it work. That, which if is not, why then you're this. If not, then you're like, then you're the Suns again for the next ten years. Yeah, and if you're the Lakers, you're looking at it like, 
this is already a success. We already won. So although we may suck for the next 10 years, if this scenario happened, like we already but won. No, because you wouldn't, because you'd be getting picks. But that's if you trade, like in this situation, if you trade LeBron, then you're kind of like, not only did we win, now we're kind of getting them back. But yeah, yeah. so I think that would be a good option. Um, what about the Heat? The Heat, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, they would. It's I, I don't know how they can match salaries. You'd almost, I don't know who makes big money on the team. I think Bam would make good money, but they're not trading Bam away for LeBron for one or two years of LeBron. They're not trading Butler, obviously. Um, and the Lakers want to, I don't think Lakers would want Butler because you again you're in this right. rebuild. So they would have to have a big contract there that they can put when tie a bunch of other contracts. Project. If he was there, I don't he, he's on a one year, I think. I think or they signed him to like a two year with like a team option or something. Because they did the team options because that was for like trades. So they have these big contracts so they could yeah. do trades. But then at the same time, these guys they could take them back if they want them after this year, if they can't get a free agent. And then uh but yeah, so it's interesting. The Heat would be a, I mean, it would make sense. It would be probably somewhere he'd be okay going. I don't know how his relationship with Pat Riley is, but I mean, we're not insiders. We don't know that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, it, 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 I don't know it, where to go. Uh, the Maybe Nuggets. New Orleans? Yeah, could you imagine LeBron in Denver? I mean, I guess he played in Cleveland for 10 years. He could do another shady city. Yeah. <laughs> But De- Denver would be, I mean, from a talent standpoint, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Like, who's good? Milwaukee? Dallas. Uh, Dallas. Dallas. They also have cap, too, don't they? Yeah, they wouldn't have to sit. They wouldn't have to send as much back if they did this like in the off season. Because oh, I guess we're talking off season, so there would be cap space too for trades. So yeah, that would be a thing. Definitely, yeah. Dallas could be up there. What about Portland? And I think he would Freedom. love to play with Damian Lillard. So yeah. definitely, Port. I think. I mean, now that I think about it, I think Portland would probably be number one if you if this was a situation. Why wouldn't they? They that Portland has an aging Damian Lillard. They'd have an old LeBron who's still good. They'd have CJ if they could make all of this work, which they can. I think they have some. Well, other I fact. feel like they'd have to give up CJ because he's a big contract. Because Portland, but they have like Nurkic, they have some other contracts. But again, like your goal would not to be that. And then you just flood the Lakers with first round picks. And then the field, the Lakers are like, this team's going to be good for like two or three years tops. And then we're going to be getting everything back that we gave up while we also want to ring. But see, the the thing with this is like, if you're Whoever LeBron, gets LeBron in the trade, it's a short term bet. Yeah, and I don't, but I don't think I. I mean, even when saying this, like we talked about, he would want to win. I don't know. I don't know if he'd be willing to leave. I don't know if it's better for him to leave and be like, I want to try to win one more. I don't know if that's better for his legacy. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't really give a shit about his legacy. Tom like, Brady, although he's already, I guess, left. Yeah, but that's such a different situation. That's like he left because of, like, the relationship was fractured. And he was like, it was time for him to leave because they, they in a way, didn't yeah. want him either. So, I don't know. I... I it would be. I don't know if he would actually want to leave. If like Port, like a team like Portland was on the table and they could make it work, but like him getting to play with CJ and Dame, then yeah, like I think maybe he would consider it. The problem is they don't. What is he going to do then? Just sit it, just wait it out for three years and sucking around in LA because they don't have anything to trade to get people. I think to his contract. His contract's only two. It's two more years after this one. Okay. So you think he's just going to play out and have two terrible yeah, and, and just break all the season records? The, he'll become the all-time leading scorer. 
uh, in NBA history. Maybe he'll he'll pass everybody, but uh, be like a, he'll just be a show for the next two years. I mean, if he wants to stay in LA, like the reality is, if Davis gets hurt, they're not winning, and they can't afford to get anybody else. They don't have picks; they can't trade it's anybody. Made, but, yeah, but that's, that's not why I think he goes and he demands a trade. If he that was my point with the, with the you know, trade call, though, that he has to want to leave, and I don't think he will want to leave. No, no, I, but your your last point was that he wouldn't want to leave because of legacy, and I'm saying I think he would though because I don't think he would want to because it's not like he's bad. It's not like his ba- game's really declining. I don't know that he just wants to sit around for two years with a struggling team just to break season records. I think he would rather go get a fifth ring. Right, but he already has the reputation of being the guy who leaves for better, like for greener pastures every time things get bad. And yeah, now so, it's goes, not gonna, so it's not going to change. So what does it matter? That's fair. I, but I, I just don't know if like if he wants to leave LA. Because remember, the whole thing about him going to LA. I agree. I agree. I think the reason he is because of his family. I agree. I 100%, I 100% understand that, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if this happened, which I've been like, I've been kind of keeping tabs on the Davis thing. So I was just interested about it. It would be pretty, pretty interesting because it is something the Lakers would have to address because there's there, if Davis is down, there's no reason to keep LeBron. And if you can get any type of draft, draft capital back. And what's funny is they won. So it's like fine. And the fact that they won is big. And we could be overblowing Anthony Davis and he could be totally fine, which I think they're not too worried about it since like he's sitting out and he's progressing. But like, if you look at the Lakers' young guys, every single young guy, other than Lonzo right now, who has gotten way better this year, has made an all-star team that they've drafted since, two, since 2000. And when was Dave, uh, Randall? 14. So it's Randall, Russell, Ingram, Lonzo. And they've all made all-star teams except for Lonzo. And, they could, and, they could, and then Clarkson's going to win six minutes. Like, they could have had a really good young team if they would have just let them build together. It wouldn't have been a great defensive team by any means, but they could have. But obviously, they want to ring. They have LeBron James. They had Anthony Davis. They're not regretting anything. But if Davis gets hurt, like, try to get some draft capital back. That would have to be the plan. But I don't think Ginny Bless would ever even approach him. I think he would have to approach them, and I don't think he would. So, but Portland, I, I like I Portland. I, I just think the eyeball test of wanting a fifth ring over – just chilling on a bad team for the next two years, I think 100% it is better for him. I mean, why not? So, um, oh, you know what I did notice too with the, we were talking earlier about Giannis, how they're kind of um, dealing with the like fourth quarter defense to shut Giannis down as they, they call this whole thing the wall, right? It just keeps him out of the paint. Right. What I've noticed is, they're kind of getting around this now is in the fourth quarter, they're just doing pick and roll with Chris Middleton. And so that's, I've noticed is breaking it because you can't leave Chris Middleton open. So, and it allows him to slide into the paint. Yeah, actually. But, and it's why I feel like they've done really well this year, like kind of right before the playoffs or uh, all-star weekend. And right afterwards, I feel like they're playing well. He, he, the Bucks are interesting because I don't understand. I don't understand what they did this offseason. The trade for Holiday was terrible. Like, Drew Holiday's not worth four, four first rounders. I, I like that they got Drew Holiday, but I agree that the trade yeah. itself was terrible. But I it's don't terrible. think getting Drew Holiday was bad. 
No, not getting Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe is bad. He's way better than Eric Bledsoe. But for yeah. what they gave up, it's just weird to me because it's like that type of capital, if you wanted to add a little bit to it, could have got you somebody maybe this offseason like Bradley Beal. And if you're if you're Giannis, or why is it that? Yeah. And if you're Giannis, why is that the trade that was like, yeah, I'll sign the five-year? It's because they just showed you that they'll do anything to like get a guy. But it's like, they just technically sunk your future because technically he's not good enough to put you over the hump. Right now, you're maybe the third best team in the East. And it's like... I think they're, they're doing well. I think they're secretly doing better than people think. I think because what they're doing right now is, and I, I really do think is an edge going into the playoffs, is they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to have a lot of games where they're going to have a, which means a lot of practice because that's what the regular season is for the playoff teams. They'll have a lot of practice in close game situations. I think they're going to be better at closing out games and struggling to win, like in the struggle, like those struggle games where you're just, anybody's just, you know, scrapping for points sort of thing. They're going to, they've had a lot of those games. I think they're going to have an edge with that. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird to me because it's like, if that's the trade that got him to sign the Supermax, all that makes me think is he was never leaving. Yeah. I, just I think, think, he, I, think he, I think he kind of felt pressure from the outside. Like, I think he really, I think he wants people to have this great image of him. So I think he wanted to like keep that loyal. He's that loyal image. Yeah. But I, I don't, don't think, think he, he had ever. Leaving. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he was ever leaving. So I, 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 I but in, on his part, then if that's the case, go to the front office and, in that meeting that he supposedly had where he kind of told him like he wants to, they wants to see them show that they're going to try to contend. It's like, don't like, just tell him you're going to stay and try to tell him to find the right trade, not four first round freaking picks for drew holiday. Like that, that's where I'm saying like Bradley Beal most likely could be gotten this off season. Bradley Beal, Chris Middleton and Giannis would be crazy good. Like, that's all I'm saying. It's like, if that's the trade that got you to stay, you were never leaving. Drew Holiday is not the game changer to make you stay. That's why yeah, it's weird. No, I don't. I, I agree. I don't think that was. I think he was never leaving. I think. I don't know. I think Giannis might just be sometimes a little too good, like too nice for his own good. Like, Maybe. I think that, like, I think that's what it is. I don't think he has that. That aggressive killer instinct, you know, like he doesn't have that cut your throat mentality, um, which I think you kind of need not to be a, a great player, but I think you need in order to be one of the best players. Yeah, I agree. And to backtrack a little bit, just to like kind of like reference the pod, I think that LeBron take is actually a really like big deal. I think that's actually like something that is pretty interesting to have thought about. The whole if LeBron would get traded and where he'd want to go. I just to kind of backtrack to that. Like, I think that's actually something that if Anthony Davis gets hurt, we'll come back to this and be like, this was actually 100%. 100%. And it's this big deal because I wonder, you know, what people will be saying when it comes to like where he would go. I just, I, we were talking about Giannis, but I was kept thinking about that. I was like, Giannis stayed, he signed, like LeBron just signed an extension. Like, what makes these guys stay? And like, and like now I just was thinking about the LeBron thing again. Like, Damn, that could be a really big story. And if he doesn't leave, it's like it's just wow. LA. Yeah. yeah, and the honest, yeah, it's great. I, some of these guys are, are being a little different, you know, like KD, who I just I don't like as a person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big KD fan. I just think he's totally fake. Like someone did you see that someone he's very emotional. Uh, he's super did you emotional. See the tweet? 
someone like resurfaced a tweet from him when he, in 2010 when it's like, why are all these guys teaming up? I want to go at these dogs or something like that. And then someone retweeted it and was like, hey, like not, he was like, I don't know exactly what he said. It was basically like, hey, no hate, just like curious what changed. And was like, just real talk, like I want to know what changed. And Katie actually replied and Katie just said the, the decade or something, the year or something like that. Like that was his response to it. The, the decade changed or something like that. So it's like, oh, so the decade changed. So you had to go and team up with the greatest, the 73 win warriors. And then well, he Kyrie. Means the era. He's, it means the era was different. It's, it's different. It wasn't the same. It's not the same era as 2010 anymore. It's, we're in a way different league from 2010. The, yeah, but he was also on a team. progressed so much since then. Yeah, but he was also on a team that was up 3-1 on those 73 win warriors. Like, if you're telling me for sure that Thunder team never wins, like, I, I don't I can, I don't think you could ever say they, they wouldn't have won. Like, I just, I don't think that's a thing. Like, there's no way to say they would not have won. So, it's just interesting. I, I thought that was interesting. I just think that dude's all over the place. He's a great basketball player. I personally think that if he you now didn't have the foot injury in 2014 and then the Achilles and all this stuff, like I think there would be a lot more respect and he didn't join the Warriors. I think there would be a lot more respect for his game. Like it's like, I think people know he's great, but like he may be like top three ever talent, like how good he is. And it's just, I think those kind of decisions and how sensitive he is kind of takes away from that, which I don't know if that's fair, but I mean, it is what it is. It's just, it's been taken away because I honestly think the dude may be just overall the greatest forward to ever play. Like I think talent wise, if he never got hurt and played a full career and never had like the emotional crap happen, I think that like maybe talent wise could even have surpassed LeBron. Well, like, I mean, I, Oh, okay. Yeah. Pass LeBron. Um, just because he's so, he's so like, even when they played LeBron in the finals, he torched them. Like, he was yeah, the best. That, nobody player. ever gives that to him because everybody says that his LeBron's team was just, just shit. Yeah, but I mean, but the, well, the seventeen team, the seventeen Cavs team wasn't shit. The eighteen Cavs team was shit. The seventeen team was good. Like they were they still really Kyrie, right? Yeah, that was the team they were going for back to back championships. They were really good. If they didn't, if the Warriors didn't get KD that year, I don't know if the, like the, I mean they went through the West playoffs that year, but. That Cavs team probably goes back to back. Like they were good, and he just gave it to LeBron. Remember, like the pull up three. Like I'm just saying. Like I, don't, I mean, I guess it's it's a little too much to say he maybe would have been better than LeBron. But like every time they played, especially in big games, other than when like KD was like in his third year when they went to the finals, like he torched them. It always came out on top. Always looked better. And I don't know, like, I think LeBron sometimes, like, like he beat Kobe in head-to-head games, like, because of his teams and stuff a lot. But, like, it always seemed like Kobe could kind of get in his head. And I feel like KD got in his head a little bit. Because KD was never, like, super buddy-buddy with him. Like, he would fake it a little bit. Kind of like I felt like Kobe did, too. Well, I think, I think they did that intentionally. So people saw them still as competitors and not – you because you don't want to be seen as the person who's friends with LeBron's, LeBron because – and buddy buddy with LeBron because then you'll never be able to be compared as being better than LeBron because then you're just LeBron's friend, you know? Cause like, KD got MVP like twice, like six, how many times? Like he kept getting second plates in MVP. He, I don't know how many times he got yeah, MVP. I remember second, that was a thing and he was tired of being number two or some shit. I mean, his MVP year was a 
well-deserved MVP year. It's oh, still yeah. one of the be- more, more, more historic seasons. And that was the same year they they went, uh, they gave up the 3-1 lead, I think, too, right? No, he won MVP in... Uh, 15, actually. 14. It was him, then Curry. So he got hurt in 13, then, I think it was. His, his foot injury was in 13. Or was his uh, foot injury the next year? I don't know. I just his he won MVP in fourteen because that's when Russ tore his uh, meniscus. Yeah, yeah. He, because he played like thirty games without him, and they went like, I think it was like twenty six and four or some. They shit. were really good, and he was yeah. phenomenal. And his yeah. his assists started going up to like eight or nine a game, and he was dropping like thirty four, just game winners. He's the only legit person that I would even listen to over the last 20 years. Someone saying he's a better scorer than Kobe, like legitimately the only person I'd actually oh. listen to because he's because he is that phenomenal. He's seven foot. And he's so smooth. Like, again, like just if people wanted to make a case that he was a better scorer than Kobe, I would I'm OK with it. Like, I can understand it because he really was that gifted at scoring. I definitely think so, because, I mean, I think he was a better scorer than Kobe. It's, I, it's very, very possible. Kobe was just severely better defensively. Like Kobe, Kobe, Kobe's soup. Kobe, in my opinion, is like Jordan, super underrated on defense. You get lost because of how great of offensive powers they are, that how good they really are on defense. Yeah. It's just the overall talent. But when you're just talking scoring, it may be KD. KD may be the most gifted scorer of all time. Because if you see James Harden, you saw James Harden put up 36. But it's like, if you look deep into that, it's like, yeah, he's shooting X amount of times. Like he does whatever he wants on offense. It was even worse than the 06 Kobe. But the 06 Kobe was also playing in an era that wasn't 400 possessions a game. The fact that Kobe scored 35 a game in 2006 is probably the craziest scoring season ever because of pace of play. Remember, the Suns were like revolutionary in that those couple years. Like it wasn't like all these teams were playing seven seconds or less basketball like it is now. So it's just it's interesting, like for me to like really give that to KD because I think KD's really that freaking gifted of a scorer. <laughs> What's that noise? Oh. Do you hear something? Oh, did you hear sirens? Kind of. I'm hearing like there were sirens that there were sirens that were going off like two seconds ago. There was. Okay. Oh well. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, what What was the last part that you had just said? I was oh. just saying that that it was just. The era, like when Kobe scored 35. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kobe with the... Different uh, than when Harden just scored like 36 a game or whatever it was. Like, this, the eras are different. Like, this, the, the pace of play. So it's like scoring 35 then in that season. If you replicate that exact season today, I know people hate doing that, but it's like, how many points is that? Is that? Because you did it 35 in the, in the pace of play where I think if you scored like 103 a game, that was like number one. Like 115 a game today is like number 15 or something. Yeah. So it's just well, that's the thing I've been saying, man. I've been championing this forever. I said it's turning into just open gym, just turning into glorified open gym. That's all it is. You're seeing a bunch of guys go out there in spandex now, and it's just a bunch of spandex compressor <laughs> pants out there just running up and playing open gym. There's no defense. There's about as much defense in those games as you'd see at like a Sunday pickup at your LA Fitness. Like there's yeah. not a lot. And, but for me, it's not even about like 
not being okay with like adapting to like how the game's played or like enjoying it. It's more about like historically you get these guys that are going to be putting themselves in the record books where it's like, we're going to see so many more guys enter the 30 K club, which was such a rare thing to get into. And we're going to see a bunch of dudes get into it strictly because not that they're as great as these guys at scoring. It's because they're getting 20, exactly like being averaging 27 a game. Zach Levine yeah. would not score 27 a game in 2005. Not even close. He'd be lucky to, to touch 20. And it's like, that's where... That's I don't where, even think he would score 20. I don't that's think what I'm saying. I don't and think he'd be averaging 20 if... I don't think he'd be averaging 20 if it was 2015. It's very possible. And I think that's what, like, that's what sucks. Is we're going to see well, these... Let me rephrase that. He wouldn't be averaging 20... If he was on a, I don't know that he would average. No, because Joe Harris. Because isn't Joe Harris averaging twenty? What is Joe Harris? I don't think he averages twenty, but he he's he's a good player. He's a great role player. But Zach Levine, like nothing again. And this is I'm not trying to throw like hate at Zach Levine. He's a good player, but I'm just saying it's like he's on the Bulls. He's just on a shitty team. I think that's what it is. Yeah, and he gets a decent player, shitty team. He's the only one who can score. But even if he was on this exact Bulls team in 2005, like not only would they be worse, but like and like the game's different. It's just like I don't, and I hate doing the error thing. Like, oh, this error is better. I think he would score 20. I think he would score 20. That's fair, but it's like there's a big difference between a guy who scores 20 yeah. and doing 28. 28 is like legendary scorer status for most of like NBA history. If you're hitting 27, 28 a game and doing it, you're known as a great scorer. I would never say Zach Levine is a great scorer. Like that's. That's my thing. It's like he's not a great scorer. It's a game where the pace is ridiculous. Nobody wants to play defense. It's proven in the numbers. If you look at the the historical numbers, I guess it was like 10 years ago. Ryan Russillo talked about it. It's like the worst team there 10 years ago was like historically bad would be the best team today when it comes to defensive numbers because it's re- because of the pace of play. Nobody plays defense. And yeah. it's like – so it's just – I don't know. It's really for me. I'm just because I love the game. I love the history of it. It's kind of upsetting when I'm going to be seeing like Harden at thirty thousand points because he could take seventeen threes a game, go one for seventeen one game, and then the next game go like nine for seventeen, and like that's considered good offense in today's game. It's just. I mean, I think that kind of comes with the nature of the three point line because it's just a, such a further distance shot, and so I think you're going the the inconsistencies show more from that range because it's like a bad shooting night because you're already, if you're shooting 33%, you're going three for nine, right? So it's like you have a bad shooting night, which means you're shooting below 20. That means you're going now one for nine. That's drastically different. Now to make up for those averages, still to average 33, you're now average, you're getting six on nine on your last one, on your next game to average that out. So, right. I think it's just that's just kind of like how this the like that doesn't really bother me because you would see even Clay Thompson smaller a micro uh, example of that would be like Clay Thompson like how many times in the first half did you see him he'd be like one for nine and then he comes out he's like eight for eight in the second half like because uh, okay. like <laughs> and then he ends up shooting like fifty percent like a good example is like James Harden is probably playing some of the best basketball of his career right now he's averaging twenty five a game could he go and get thirty plus on the Nets yes but they wouldn't be as good my thing is. If they make him get the 30-something a game, they're not a better team. But the great, great, great scorers were the ones that when they would get into the 30s, their team was also better for it. 
because they were such gifted scorers. It wasn't like, and that's just what's interesting to me is like now he's playing probably the best basketball of his whole career, 1725 a game. He's ridiculous all over. I, I personally think he should be MVP if Embiid is not. And it's like, it feels more natural. It's not like he's a great scorer. I think he's gifted, unbelievable handles, everything. But it's like 25 a game when he's doing it the right way, not just playing this weird Rockets offense. And he's phenomenal. He's even better. But then it takes him out. That's 10 points less than he averaged two years ago. And it's like, because of the style, like that's not winning basketball. Like they won regular season games, but it's not winning basketball. Now he's on a great team. He's playing the best basketball of his life. And it's not coming with him just chucking shots and trying to get to 30 every night. So that's what I'm saying. It's just these – Kobe was getting 30. Durant gets 30 because it's like they're that damn good and the team's going to win and it's going to lead to a chance to get championships. When James Harden's getting 35 a night shooting 23s, that's just about James Harden basketball. That's not rocket championship basketball back then. That's all I'm saying. And I think it's the same thing with Levine. Would Levine be better suited if he was a second or third guy scoring 20 a game? slowing the game down a little bit. He's playing with better people, 100%. So it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just being an old man. No, definitely ranty on it, but. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I'm i not, I just, it's, it's a lot of it, honestly, is hard for me to even get into with the NBA to really dive into it because it's just not the same. Uh, I like to your point. It's just not the same. Like you're you're not seeing the same level of honestly even intensity. You can tell now everybody. It's like all the people have realized. All right, who's making the playoffs early in the season, and then they all kind of milk it, and then they know just save everything for the playoffs. I mean, that's what you're seeing. And true is playoff bas- basketball different? Yeah, there's some defense, but I don't even think playoff basketball is really that much more intense defensively. Like. In the NFL, it's different. You can see the the defensive schemes come out in, uh, in uh, NFL playoff football, and it's just the defenses are way way different. And you see it in basketball, but it's not at, like it's not. I mean, you're still going to see teams get 120. You know. Yeah, but you know the the fun thing is for the era debate is like people enjoy that, and like I only like it because. I think you see a clear difference. It's not like where, you know, people talk about Magic Johnson. He'd like dribble the ball up to his head and like the game was, you know, played so differently. And like people think like in the 2010s, like teams would crush teams in the 80s, which I don't know if that's true. But for me, it's not even about trying to like get all like nitpicky. It's just watching these people. And like, I just don't like seeing Zach Levine's of the world, who's a good player, like be third in scoring. It's just... It's more just I would like to see these guys like basketball be a little bit more about like the oh, 2015 Warriors. Great ball movement. Everybody's touching like fun offense. Like that's great. Not like Zach Levine searching for 35 or Harden on the Rockets just shooting 29 times. Like even though I'm coming from a Kobe fan, obviously. I think, four, I think 14 to 16 was the best basketball in the NBA. I think that was the peak of the NBA. It was good. The I mean, it was coming off the Spurs' best passing clinic you'll ever see in the finals. Yeah, and then I think the Spurs championship in fourteen, fifteen when um, the Warriors won it, and then sixteen when the Warriors lost it. I think those were the three best years of basketball. 
Yeah, I mean, because even if you look back at like the Lakers championships, which are obviously going to be my favorite, like the 0-9-10 ones, like it's not that Kobe had, was great, but the games themselves weren't like spectacular. There was some well, excitement. I didn't mean just from a league standpoint. Like every like every team was still kind of competitive, but um, you you know you I felt like you still had the pure purity of basketball with a mix of modernized like you know a lot of threes you were doing a lot of out you know allowed out on the perimeter basketball but you still had some defense so i think it was that was kind of like the premiere of the prime that's of basketball that's what no. i'm thinking about is a league yeah no. um, favorite years in basketball personally were early 2000s but i mean when your kings try to steal the championship from my lakers yeah, it just also made Sacramento really fun. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it really brought a lot of energy to the city. So, like, when they were really good at basketball, it really made Sacramento kind of boom a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, and this is so, like, the, the getting into the Kings and the, these other bad organizations across all of sports is, that's that's hours upon hours of conversation, but... It's also like the NBA itself can't control bad management. Like the Kings have made so many bad mistakes. The like the Hornets, like they finally got Lamelo Ball, but like they've made so many mistakes. Like you see these teams, and it's like so. There's a reason today, though. Like when we have these super teams or whatever, and these guys joining up, yeah, like makes the league top heavy. But there's also been a lot of mistakes from these bottom teams that also caused it. Like there's no reason Luka Doncic should not be a son. And then the fact that he didn't go to the Suns because Aiton was the best college basketball player, you can kind of make like understand it. I, but there's no reason good right now, he falls though. past the Kings. And I agree with falling past the Kings. I could still see why you would take DeAndre Aiton. No, that's what I'm still, saying. I would still agree. DeAndre Aiton's a, is a, I would have taken DeAndre Aiton over Luca too. Like, like without no, like yeah, like I think that's just you would need. That's what you would do because he was the best player I in think college. DeAndre Ayton is underrated. I think the fact is the fact of the matter is he's not being talked about more is because he's on the Suns. Could be, and the fact that like he's kind of not in Booker's the guy on the team, and now Chris Paul is yeah. there, but he's having a good year and he's playing a lot better, and he's still very good. I mean, he's not Luka Doncic good, but he's still good. It's and also, the playing the third option when I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's for sure. And so Sorry, I'm just I, I'm being I'm being contrarian at this point, but continue. No, I know, but I'm just saying. So it's like you have these things that these teams do constantly, and it's some is bad luck, but there's a reason a lot of the good teams outside of like. We're not talking about the Lakers because, like, they I know they're they're Hollywood and they get the guys, which is actually not as true as people think. But and you get these teams that stay good, like the Spurs. Like the Spurs weren't drafting in the top ten, but they created a culture and they try to get good players to go around their good guys. And I just think that the league itself gets top heavy because these guys keep going to like the good culture teams. Like Miami hasn't won a championship since LeBron and them, but they're always talked about as one of the best cultures. And then like what they did last year, so. I don't know. It's just interesting to see like the top heaviness because of like superstars teaming up and then how the bad teams stay bad. And you want to blame market sometimes, but at the same time, it's like the Sacramento Kings should have Luka Doncic. Or it's uh, like Detroit signing five centers. Yeah. After trading away a center that was better than all of them. So yeah, yeah exactly. And so in well, some pretty- of these owners, they realize they're not, a lot of these guys are kind of, you got to, you know you're not a market where people are going to come 
and you know you probably are like it's hard to build a great culture when you're constantly bottom 15 in the league so it's hard to build a great culture because winning sucks nobody's like cheerful every time they lose so that's hard but a lot of them are just buying their time. They're like getting players in to have some sort of draw because they're trying to make money. Obviously it's a business for them. So there's, they're more just trying to keep this corpse alive, like on life support until they see an opportunity where there's a good draft class. They happen to have a lot of picks or they happen to have good contracts to get rid of that. They can get a deal and you try and land somebody like a Zion in a franchise changer. That's really what a lot of these teams have to rely on now when you're the lakers you can rely on having five years that are terrible because it doesn't matter because you are the lakers because you because you are the lakers you are a great destination and they're gonna want to they're gonna they're gonna who wouldn't want to play for the lakers right so they can flip and be they could be the last in the league and the next year win a championship because they have the ability to just stack a team in one year because everybody would want to go there now, you could argue like places like New York, obviously not true, right? Because a culture does, I think a culture can matter, but um, I think that can matter like when you're coming down to like, you want to be in New York in that big media like KD, right? But one has a little bit better of a culture. All right, you're going to go to the other New York. So, yeah, it's a. Uh... Definitely true, and I think it's but like when you see these teams constantly just whiffing the draft, which is going to be even more of a blow to a team like Sacramento, you just start to wonder, and it's like, you know, and it's even contract stuff. It's like with them specifically, it's like Buddy Hilled for a hundred million or whatever it was eighty-eight million. It's like right. It's not. It's like, like at the time of it, even though he came off a good season, it's in. It's not. It's indefensible. It's a horrific contract. And I know you have to overpay. You don't that you have to overpay to keep your own guys, whatever it is, because you're Sacramento. But it's like I don't know who's giving Buddy. He's not even a three and D player. He doesn't play defense. He's an undersized shooting guard who's not that athletic. Like he's a. Well, three I think their reasoning is is because I think they saw that one. They probably saw upcoming drafts. Two, they needed to sign somebody who would be solid in that position, and they weren't bad enough to where they were going to be able to get a good draft pick, but they weren't good enough to be able to like give value to other teams outside of trading deer and Fox. You know what I mean? He's the only, he's the only one on the Kings that has true value in the market for the Kings. My thing is if you're willing to give a bad, I shouldn't say bad, a player like Buddy Hield, bad contract. Well, it's just too much money. It's just, yeah. But if you're willing to give him something like that, you're like, that's what we have to do to keep him. Let him hit the restricted free agency. Let him go. Like, let's go see what they're going to give him, and then decide. Well, we were going to give him twenty anyway, so we'll match it. But like, go go read the market and see that first before you just offer this dude who can literally do nothing on the basketball. I remember, he was. They didn't. I actually think they did better on the trade than people give him credit because he wanted more. He wanted over a hundred. In the it was like with incentives, isn't it? Like ninety six with incentives or something. It's something right, he wanted like a hundred and twenty. And yeah. the king said no. So the king well, actually did. Let him the king saved them, but but they still saved thirty million. Yeah, so it was like they did. That's what they did. They did their job on that. Now, I, I think he would have gone for eighty, probably realistically. But you also saw a lot of players who were, were like out supporting him. They're like, yeah, he needed to get his bag. And it's like, can you make the All Star team? It's like, you want to pay this guy over a hundred million dollars? You need to make the All Star team. And I think yeah. that's what the Kings did. And I thought the Kings <laughs> I were right. Yeah, I, I think I think teams. 
which what the fuck do I know? It's not like I'm some GM, but it's like, I think teams need to start looking at that more. It's like, is this guy a, a player that's going to be like, he's a winner. Like he's going to make us win games and get us into the playoffs. Cause if not, you should never pay a guy close to hundred million for that. Unless you're paying like a, a Joe Harris, because you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at the time. And you're like, this guy is going to be un- unbelievable with these guys. And he actually helps us a lot. Then I understand it. If you're the Lakers, when they needed shooting with LeBron and Davis, and you could have signed a buddy healed for 60 to 80, because he's going to just be open all the time, then it makes sense. But when you're the Kings, and that's going to be your second highest paid player, but he can't really do anything for you. And, and that's your third option. Um, well, and, and here's the other thing too, is like, they're not a destination they bring back to the destination point. Like they're not a big enough destination to where, you know how we were earlier were saying is a lot of teams, sometimes they'll sign these big contracts on players so they can use them as trade. Right. Like, so they can match these big contracts when they're trying to get like a big guy to come to their team. Right. They're not a big enough destination where somebody like where they could have this contract and that be effective for them to be like, we'll give you buddy healed. So that way we'll give you buddy healed. And that way we'll take LeBron's contract and we can get like money off of our books He's not even, they're not a destination for that. So that also makes their signing of 90 million less sense too. But I mean, I think there's, I I, like, first of all, I would just say is one, they undercut for what he wanted. So I, I, I'm not like, I give them credit. I I have to give them credit where credit's due. They didn't fold like a lot of these teams will, where they'll just be like, oh yeah, you're right. And they'll just give them like 120 because they just don't want to be seen as like not player friendly. So they did that. Now, I kind of see it because, I mean, we were coming up like always like 10th, 11th in the West. So it's like we're not going to ever get a pick and we're not going to trade up. Um, I don't know, man. It's just maybe they also thought, well, like, okay, well, how about this? Like, we'll give you $90 million, And next year, if you make the all-star team, like, we could talk about restructuring your contract, you know. But he didn't. Like, he, he had that – great year but then he's done nothing since yeah it's you know? it's just it's interesting i just i think these teams do this to themselves over and over and i just don't get it like i don't think it's a uh i just i don't if you're willing to give somebody who's an average player so much money that you're we're going to do it let them test especially restricted free agency because you can match like let them test it Go see if he's going to get that. And if you're like worried that he's going to get more, okay, see you later. Let that team pay him because he's not worth it anyway. So it's like, I think sometimes it's because I you don't want to lose that. the asset. You don't want to lose the asset. Well, and the reason I agree with your theory more so though, like as why it was to what they should do is because let's be real. What What's the big fear that he, what he, he goes to this other team and he blossoms into this like once in a lifetime talent. Okay. But that's, one in a million, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's let's be very, very real about what the NBA is. There's maybe eight guys that are true, true, like one of a kind talents that can really flip a team and that are like you would that you really do anything to keep. Like, there's not many guys. There's only there's maybe eight, and I would say that's probably be being overly. Uh, it's number ones that for sure when they're there you are a contender yes Yes. there's very few people that can do that and there's very few people that you would tie down viciously so I agree you should let test the market you would never let LeBron James test the market ever because you know what you have in your gym you don't let a guy like that 
Yeah. So if you have this ability to, I agree, you should always let him. And that's the beauty of restricted free agency when you have a and it gives you power as a team as a franchise because you could, like you said, you get to see what the market thinks of them. And I just think personally, like with restricted free agency, unless you have a Luca, you know, Devin Booker, whatever it is coming off their rookie deal that you know is getting the max and you just give it to them because you know that's what they're going to get. When it comes to these guys, you don't really know. Let somebody else overpay then. Like if someone wants to give Buddy Hill 25 million or whatever it is, it's like, okay, like we would never do that. So it doesn't matter that you let them test the market. Unless your theory was like, well, we wanted him for 18 and he was ready to sign that. But it's like, again, is he worth that? No. And if there's a team giving him 25, what is that going to make you think now? Like after a year's gone by, you're going to be like, thank God we didn't even give him the 18. Yeah. And it's like, so, but with restricted frequency, you have the ability to match. And with these weird type of deals, when these weird rookies come off the deal and you don't know what they're really worth, let the market well, play out. There, sometimes they'll get other teams who will throw out these massive contracts knowing that the other team now has to match it and they'll just blow out their salary. So they'll yeah. just fuck with these other teams. He's other teams. I just wouldn't like, match it. What? I just wouldn't match it then. Yeah, but sometimes people get like a lot of these owners as they go, fuck, they think Buddy he we're putting him out there to test in the market and they all think Buddy Heald is worth 25. They get panicking. They go, we have to lock that down. Little they know it's the other guy just fucking with you, wanting you to blow out your salary cap. Well, think of the Hawks though. Like the Hawks signed uh, Bogon Bodanovich from the Kings and. He got seventy-four million from the Hawks, and the Kings didn't match it. And brilliant move, brilliant move. Like, and the same thing with because it, it's little like the Kings get a lot of shit because I think they get a lot of shit because they passed on. First of all, they took a chance on Marvin Bagley, and it didn't work. I'm still to this day. I'm going to say I understand, but it's a it's obviously clearly a dumb move. It, but I I know what they were thinking. It was just bad thinking. Yeah, I look. Back. I know what you're thinking, but it doesn't make it good thinking. Um, and that was old management too, to be fair. Like their new management was this summer because Vladdy stepped down. So, so far they're doing well. Yeah, they're actually doing good play. And they drafted Halliburton, who was probably the steal of the draft. So they did? Yeah. I didn't they, watch their draft, to be honest, because I, yeah, I did, after, probably, after Thomas Robinson, I stopped, I stopped looking at the Kings draft. Oh, fair. And you, <laughs> the best part about the Thomas Robinson draft was Lillard was number one on their board behind Thomas Robinson, and Thomas Robinson fell out of the top three, so they thought they had to take him. So you guys would have had Damian Lillard if he got taken in the top three. That Thomas Robinson. He would have loved Sacramento, too. Oh, he would have loved He's from Oakland. Yeah. He'd been oh, playing. Shit, that's right. He'd been playing like an hour from home. He'd been loving that shit, and the Kings would have been relevant. But um, it's he funny, though. loyal, too. Because we're we're not a big market team, he would say loyal to. And he's look how he's loyal to the Blazers, man. Like, yeah. Uh, so it's funny go down on that ship. But the new management is you know doing things, and Vladdy's gone, and Vladdy made a lot of bad decisions. So you can see, but Halliburton's like a top four rookie in this draft, and some think he may end up being the best, which I think that's going to probably go to Lamelo now. <sighs> is he Kentucky? I don't I don't know. I would have to look. He's uh, but he's. Like number two in rookie of the year uh, rankings right now. Uh, I was gonna do it, but I, he went. Oh, sorry, he went to Iowa State. State. Yeah, um, okay, but he's really good, and they and people were worried about how him and like Fox could coexist, but he's really good. Um, 
yeah, I think he's going to end up being like the second or third best player from this draft. And depending on Wiseman, I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to be better, but I think Wiseman could still be the guy because I, I like I think Wiseman. Wiseman's good. I think he's I think he's just a little gun shy. I think he needs to get more more assertive. And I think once he learns that he can, I think he doesn't realize that he can play with these guys. You know what I mean? I still think he almost he, like when you see him out there, he almost feels like he's looking at it like he doesn't think he kind of belongs and then, or he's not sure that he's like good enough to play. And I'm like, dude, you like, you're going five for six and you're getting 16 points and eight boards, like be a little more aggressive, like, or f- more like five boards, like, which kind of shows a big player's aggressiveness, how many rebounds they're getting. Like if you're a big, you're seven foot and you're getting five rebounds, you're not very aggressive. Right. But yeah, so I mean, this this was looking like a pretty good rookie class right now because of Mello, Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Halliburton. So better than people thought. Four, but. Yeah. Well, and also the Knicks didn't they get somebody too? Well, they took Obi Toppin. I don't know how he's playing though. Not Obi Toppin, but they have some rookie who's doing really well. Don't yeah, Obi Obi Toppinish struggle. He only plays twelve minutes a game, which is interesting. Who's the, the other guard that's playing really well right now for New York? It's not R.J. Barrett. He's playing better. No, R.J. Barrett. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not talking about him. R.J. Barrett's my my man. I love R.J. Barrett. Um, this, I think ESPN shows how long they've been in. Maybe not. I, I don't know who it is. It's just Obi Toppin. I'll, I'll get his name here. Hold on a second. Oh, here we go. Rookie right here. Emmanuel Quickly? Yes. I think that's him. He's there. Yes. He's averaging 20, 12 and a half a game. Kentucky, yeah. But he's yeah. apparently come on like like recent. New, new Knicks management, man. Know what they're doing. Like, he's been somebody who I think, like, his last, so yeah, his last 10 games, he's, I guess his last 10 games isn't great. It's only 12. But look at, look at his last five, 21, 15. Clearly didn't play, or he played 13. So it's, it's, it's a better rookie class than people thought. And then on top of that, it's, uh, you know, we got some teams that have got some guys like the Knicks and then the Kings and, you know, you're hoping that they could just keep building off it. You know, the Kings, the kind of finish up on the Kings. Like, I think there's a future there with De'Aaron. I just think they need to clean up the rest of that roster. Like, I think it's time to kick the wheels on getting rid of Bagley. They're already trying to. They're already trying to trade Harrison Barnes, which just to get some draft capital. All right, re-say that. I got I got an ad popped up and scared the fucking shit out of me. Oh, no um, You were saying about the Kings cleaning up what? I think they just need to clean up their roster now. I think it's. I think they have a they have a keeper in Fox, obviously, and I think they have a keeper at Halliburton. I think the rest, if they can just offload some money, because look, I know they're they not need a to get rid of Bagley and Healed. I think they need to get rid of Bagley and Healed. I think they need to, and they're already getting rid. They're probably going to trade. Uh, uh, I just said his name, and I can't think of it right now. Harrison Barnes. Um, they're probably going to trade him in this, at this deadline, and I just think getting rid of those guys. To shed some money well, if they did pretty well too, so he's got his stocks kind of gone up. So he yeah, get trade. some draft picks, and then you don't have to sign the best players in free agency, but like start to get some like good 
veterans, like some good culture guys, even if you have to overpay a little bit, like to get some good veteran guys in there to build around and then rebuild the culture. And then maybe you hit on another draft pick. And then maybe when you're good, you pa you package your picks together and you try to trade for a guy who's pretty like a Beal, let's say, and then you pair him up and then you're like a good team. Like, I'm just saying like they need a big, they need a good big is what they need. That's and Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns is Carl Anthony Towns sounds like he's more and more available in the Kings. Who knows? Maybe the yeah, but maybe Carl Anthony Towns. I, I know he's going through a lot. So like you know, on a personal level, I'm not a big fan either. On a personal level, like hey, I hope he's doing well. But like when it comes to basketball, he's ter He's not. He's not there. He's just not. He's a shell of himself. He's not a very good basketball player. He's got the talent to be, but he's just not. Doesn't push himself. But let's say he could get to that. Like I would trade everybody on the Kings roster outside of Fox and Halliburton for him, and. So I just I don't know I, that I would do that, but I would definitely trade a lot for him. Yeah, and I think that could just to kind of get them back to being, you know, relevant. Who would be but, a good vet to bring in? Maybe like a Jeff Green. Good vet, yeah. I mean, like, like there's not even if it's a vet that may not necessarily play, like a Jared Dudley who's on the Lakers right now. He doesn't play, but he's just a good locker room presence. It's always good to have those guys. You can like Harrison Barnes. I heard is actually a really good locker room presence. So when they trade him, I'm assuming that's going to hurt them pretty bad. But just to bring in guys that I think are they, didn't they sign him to a contract though, and they gave him like a lower contract. But it was I thought it was a pretty good deal. Yeah, but he's supposedly on the trade. Like it's I supposedly the Celtics are like really in on him, and they're that trade's probably going to happen. Who would they get from the Celtics then? Draft picks. That would help the Celtics. Although he would really drop in playing time because he would not start on the team, they definitely want. Unless him. they just ran about, they ran him at small forward, Jalen at uh, or ran Harrison at power forward, Tatum at small forward, and Jalen at shooting guard, and then Marcus Smart at point guard, I guess. Now you got Kemba. Kemba, that's right. So Marcus Smart would go off the yeah, bench. Kristen, Kristen Thompson at five. Yeah, I think that would be it. I mean, that's a versatile. Uh, lineup but yeah i don't know i don't know and it like, kind of would and it would be big and so you could kind of make up for kemba's lack of size yeah and i think that would help the celtics a lot and they have that trade exception so they could absorb all of his money into it um damn well, I think they got a lot of options. It sounds like they're under good control. I mean, they made it. I thought I was actually very impressed with the contract they gave Harrison Barnes. I didn't think it was a bad contract. I mean, I didn't think it was either because he's a good player. He's and he's having his best season of his career right now. I mean, and they also were like they were kind. Of, it almost seemed like realistic. Like there were it was like finally an organization who was like, "Look, man, like we're gonna shoot you straight. Like this is what you're worth." And it's it was way less money than he was making, and well, comparatively, and he was all. I think they cut it by like eight mil a year. His salary. Yeah, I mean, it was a, I, I liked it. I mean, it was a good contract. It's what he's yeah. worth, and he's playing up to it. And now he's playing up to it so well that other teams want him. So, and it can help them for their future. A lot of these guys, it sucks. Like you got to think about it. Like a lot of these guys are all playing on leases, like with their <laughs> homes. Like you got all this money, it's like you still can't own land unless you like. They probably all buy a home in their hometown, but like you know, right. When you're, when you're a tradable guy, which everybody is, unless you're outside, unless you're like one of those eight guys, you're always tradable. So it's like, oh, these guys can't really 
buy a fucking yeah, home. You know what I mean? They all just probably buy their home in like South Beach in LA and then the rest it's like everything else is being rented when you're on a team. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of nuts. Well, hey man, it's one o'clock my time. Um, I know you have a baby and I know you probably want to go join your lovely, lovely wife. I was going to say loving. Well, I guess that would have worked. Um, but, um, yeah, man, thanks for joining me on. I know we, uh, we always get, uh, sucked into these great conversations. So, um, I, uh, I just want to say thanks. I, I, I felt like I got a little bit of energy at the end there, but I was dragging ass for a minute. Um, Hey man, you had a wild weekend we can try to do something like a little more topic based and uh, have some stuff to talk about like pre NBA playoffs or even about NFL stuff. Cause no, I like this dude. This was actually great. Cause I like, like the guy I met today, he kind of, kn- he tapped on it. He was like, he's like, man, he's like, I don't think I've ever had this many topic changes in conversation when, uh, you know, when I was just out hanging out with them. That's how I feel like this podcast. I mean, today was a little basketball heavy, but like, I feel like we kind of just hopped around from topic to topic and that's honestly what I, lo- I want this kind of to be like. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's fun. I enjoy it. So yeah, no, but if me, if there is, I guess if there is something that you specifically want to talk about, always let me know. I would love to have yeah. you on. I mean, that, not that a loud ass alarm, oh, bitch. but yeah. You an alarm yeah. for what, your cutoff. All right. I'm done with this guy. No, I didn't have an alarm for my cutoff. <laughs> I have to go like put stuff in the fridge. <laughs> how is, uh, how is, uh, your wife doing with the with like any like morning sicknesses still or no the morning sickness got way better she gets more stuff at night now like at like really late i mean obviously morning sickness is just a name it could be anytime but she was getting it like all day and then the past like two weeks it's been just at night and um like late at night and she's been doing a lot better which is cool because she can actually do stuff and like the pregnancy itself doesn't like seem so miserable but uh yeah i mean we're doing good now and she's way better like it like we went and got food today like which were like two weeks ago we couldn't even do because she was just like throwing up all the time but yeah i mean finding out that it's gonna be a girl and then like all that stuff it's just been a wild couple weeks but i know how'd you do that picture pose with your knees that must have been really hard so first she really tied to you did you have her like on a no no i was holding her don't don't you worry so to all the future dads out there when you're going to do a picture that requires you to hold your wife when you when they know they're heavy like i mean for one no matter if your wife's 100 pounds or 300 pounds like you're still holding 100 pounds you're just standing there for however long they need you to so it's 100 pounds it is what it is that's a, it's heavy it's a lot of weight my advice is always cut the weight though she goes oh how are you doing because we had to do like 95 takes because of course she's the girl and that picture has to be perfect i don't give a shit and she goes i was like you know just i was like you know, it's heavy because you're 130 pounds. Well, knowing that she's not 130 pounds, but you know, you cut the weight down, make them feel good, makes the whole thing go a little faster too. Cause now they feel bad, but then they're like so happy with you for like, cutting her weight down probably by a good 20 pounds. So just saying it was a smart move because she was flattered, felt really good about it. And I felt like that picture session ended up not being so like technical. It wasn't like, Oh, it's not perfect. And I got out of it. So that was good. Don't listen to him. I know he's married and he has a successful marriage and he's got his mortgage he's been longing for, but I'm telling you, you put your foot down early, make a stink about it. It gets those pictures taken quickly too as well. And then you only got to take five pictures. Sure. You're in the doghouse for a little bit afterwards, but do you really care? That's the question. And if the answer is no, Hey man, 
win-win. Win-win. You got out of it, and you don't care that you're in the doghouse. (laughs) So who cares? Uh, Definitely take his advice. He's the one with a successful relationship. You have Uh, a successful relationship too, man. Well, I have a successful relationship, but I'm not married. Yours is there's there's levels to this game, man, and you're at a different level. Levels, and you have a mortgage, so. The yeah. more, yeah, whatever. It's just that's that's not that exciting, but yeah. <laughs> I wrote but, a know, joke I think- about you the other day. Uh, I was involving you where I'm gonna like tell a story of us in the past, but I'm setting you up, and I'm like, you know, he's the type of guy who he pays his taxes January second. <laughs> <laughs> like January second, his taxes are paid. Um, but damn. Well, hey, man. Uh, Thanks for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, for sure, man. This was fun. I want to want to shoot the shit with you again soon. Now that your wife's going to bed earlier, we probably can do this a little more often. Yeah. Uh, Let me know. Just, just tell me at night and I'll get on, man. All right. Hey, take it easy, brother. You have a good rest you of You too, day. dude. Talk to you later.